the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Welcome to episode 38 of the Free Indeed Podcast. It is a privilege for me to be here today, not just by myself, but with my good friend, my... uh, I know I've called you a soulmate in the past. I don't yeah. know if that's... I'm good with that, man. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm good with that. I'm secure with that. Brother soulmates. Uh, <laughs> and this has been an amazing ride so far. I just pause and think about how we're nearing 40 episodes. And uh, I'm trying not to compare myself to other people out there. Um, whoever listens to this, if you're interested in a great other podcast on helping guys get free from pornography, he's up to nearly 200 episodes, I believe. His name is Matt Dobshoots. And don't even ask me how to spell that last name. Um, but he's got a really good... Uh, podcast porn free radio is his his podcast but anyway i don't know why i said that i'm trying to promote someone else's podcast but hey my theory is there's always going to be more guys that need help than there are guys helping Mm -hmm. so i mean there's no way we're in competition i just uh love what he's doing right now so i love what we're doing too and um i am gonna just hope you hope you don't mind i'm gonna take one more break from the six v's i know the six v's are absolutely riveting and that you just are digging those six V's, and we're up to we have two left. Yes, but uh, the one really important one that will happen at the end is the one on on validation. But today I wanted to um, go back to and ask another question. Uh, but Kirk, let me just check in with you. It's been a couple of weeks since you and I have sat down to talk. And uh, how is the day? I uh, came in to spend time with you today and noticed you were looking pretty golfy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking very golfish. Um, golfish. <laughs> we happen to have a beautiful weekend here this weekend, and I got nine holes in um, at a executive golf course here today. It took me a couple hours, and man, it was beautiful out there. Oh my goodness, it was phenomenal. Nice. It was just beautiful, man. It, it was it was good stuff. It was good time, man. Good. Time. Good time. I mean, you hit way under. Oh, I don't know what nine sure. holes yeah. you're supposed uh-huh. to get under. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Score okay. was kind of irrelevant. Oh, today. got it. Yeah, score. It was about the experience, man. The, the experience. journey was the destination, not the scorecard. Nice. Yeah, you know, scorecards are overrated anyway. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good thing to remember if I ever take up yeah. golf. Should I ever ask you to teach me golf? Well, no, probably not. Okay. No, just probably not. Checking. But you so, know what? That's a metaphor for life, man. Scorecards are overrated. Scorecards are overrated, man. This journey that we're on, it's about the journey. And when we get into scorecards, you know, we get to comparing, you know, to other people and, and all that kind That's of right. stuff. That's right. I just man. mentioned that. Sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes – now, don't get me wrong. And maybe that is a cop-out because, uh, you know, whatever. But – you know, it's good to keep score. Yes, if you're playing for score, that's great. But sometimes, give yourself a break, man. Give yourself some grace and don't play life for score. Just play life for the journey, man. Play life for the course. Play life for the weather and, and the for beauty the, that's the, around. The beauty and the greenery, and, man. Just the opportunity to drive a cart or walk or whatever, and just you know, take in the landscape. You know, play sometimes, man. Just play play the day just for the course and not the score. Nice, Ooh, I like that. That's good stuff, man. I like that. See that that comes when I'm when I'm coming off the golf course. You get, I know. You get good stuff, man. And that is a first for our podcast because yeah. that's never happened. I was just thinking as I was walking into your place here not too long ago, how beautiful is it outside? And yeah. Not too many months ago, I was walking back out to the car with six inches of snow on. <laughs> yep. It, driving home in the dark. Mm-hmm. So, uh, more do I love spring? Yeah. Springtime in Colorado, everything's yeah. green at the moment. Yep. All right, so we're gonna go back to our uh, format that we have used in the past and we'll continue to use in the future, I suppose is uh, where I ask you a question. You're not expecting it. Uh-oh. Um, 
I will say though, you did bring this question up for me not too many weeks ago, and I just haven't uh, had a chance to bring it up yet. Oh, so here's the question. You ready? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a oh, minute. The meaning of angel, the meaning of number thirty eight. What's the meaning of number thirty eight? Uh, let me you're, see if I it's have no idea. Worth. You're asking. It's an optimistic number of happiness, growth, and material abundance. Yeah, material abundance. Okay, sure. boom. All right. I mean, optimistic. Take, I like that part. Take that for what it's worth. Okay, I like it. Or flush it. Optimistic. Yeah. Scorecard is irrelevant. Yep. Optimistic. There you go. <laughs> okay, here's the question. Here's the name. Here title of this episode is, uh, she's asked for a divorce or wants a divorce. Ooh. What happens next? <laughs> what happens next is, uh, I, maybe I don't want to say it on podcast because um, there might be families listening or kids. Um what happens next, man, is buckle your seatbelt because um, everything that you know is about to change. And if this is your first time, yeah. Uh, if this is your, now, first of all, six out of ten divorces involve somebody with a porn problem. Let me say that again. Six out of ten, 60%. If you know ten people that have been divorced, six of them have been divorced in theory. Six of them has, have been divorced because of pornography in their, in their marriage or in their relationship. So you back that up and say if pornography is in your marriage – in your relationship, there's a six out of 10 chance, or there's a more than half chance that it won't last. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, but in terms of, you know, man, that's, that's huge, man. First of all, I get a lot of guys that reach out directly after she says she's done after she says she's had enough. Now, let me tell you something I do know about women to this point. Women have a way of incubating things inside of them. And when that thing is too big to live inside of them, it comes out and they give birth to whatever that thing is. And when they give birth to whatever that thing is, it ain't going back in there. So if she says she's done because of your porn problem, I will tell you that in my opinion, odds are she's not back in track. She's not back backtracking from that. She's not going backwards from that perspective. Odds are she's been wrestling with that for so long. She's probably been talking with other people. She's probably been wrestling and just working that thing out and once she comes to that conclusion she's done and you know women i again from my experience of dealing with women over the course of my life when they get to certain conclusions particularly from a relationship perspective they're done when they're done they're done and they have a they have the ability to kind of cut that off now you know there's there are some you know I was going to say, you're not, I mean, you're, it seems like you're generalizing, but at the same time, I'm generalizing, but I'm generalizing from experience. Right. I'm generalizing from not only what I've known. I mean, I'm a two time offender. I've been divorced twice. And then at the same time, I'm telling you the calls and the emails that I get, not only from women and from wives, but from guys. So it's not just me just pulling this out of nowhere. Um, and so again, I mean, I, I say all of that to say that, man, Handle your business before she gets to that point. Do what you got to do before she gets to that point. Because once she gets to that point, it's done. And, you know, probably in your mind, you need to resolve the fact that you can probably kiss, you know, you know, your kids at least halfway goodbye in terms of time with them and, and probably your money, your assets, all that kind of stuff, depending on what your you know, what your career financial setup is, you know, if, if, you know, if she was a, a stay at home or work from home mom, um, if she didn't have a, you know, actual paycheck employment, then you probably immediately at minimum take half of your paycheck and, and just 
plan on living with that. If the, if that's the scenario and their kids involved, you can take half your paycheck. You begin from there and then you can, you know, maybe bump five, 10% on top of that per kid kind of thing. I'm, these are just generalities. I'm trying to give you a mindset. And really what I'm trying to do is to get you to take action before it gets to that point. Um, because when it gets to that point, man, it's, you know, there's potential that it could get ugly because she's probably been hurt and, and that sort of stuff. Women see a guy's porn consumption as cheating. Men don't see it that way, but all women do. And yeah, I'm saying all because I've never had one that, that said anything different. They consider it cheating. Um, they consider it you stepping out, you getting something from another woman that you were supposed to be getting from her. <clears throat> and a lot of guys say, well, I did it so I didn't cheat. Well, she didn't see it that way. And so she's got some hurt, some wounds, some pains, and, and, and you know, some of that could come out in the context of divorce. Um, and some of that, it, it can get pretty, it can get pretty ugly. It doesn't have to, but it can get pretty ugly. So you should expect, you should expect to have everything you know change where you live. Um, somebody's got to get out of the house with one of y'all or both of y'all. Maybe it's both of y'all and you sell the house and you split it, or maybe it's just you. Um, but either way, somebody's got to get out of the house. You're not going to be roommates forever. You've probably been roommates for a while already. Um, but uh, all that stuff is going to change, man. It's all everything you know is going to change. And oh, by the way, you know, project down the road, there's going to be another man in your kid's life. And that other man, I mean, I'm speaking to guys, to husbands or soon to be ex-husbands, if this is the case. You know, you don't have any control over what guys she brings into their life. You don't have any control over what guys she brings into her future home and all those kinds of things. So consider that somebody else may be raising your kids, you know, so. Um, there's all kinds of factors involved in that, but you know, when she gets to that point, man, it is on like Donkey Kong. I mean, it is, you know, it's, it's full up and everything, you know, is going to change, man. And you just need to be prepared for that. And, and it may not be pretty. It may not be pretty at all. I had two divorces. My first divorce was pretty ugly. My second divorce, we actually didn't even use lawyers. Um, we did it all ourselves worked out everything ourselves. I mean, all the financials, it just kind of, those are court laws and rules anyway. Um, um, so, you know, with that, you don't really have any control for the most part over, you know, the, the financials of child support and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, again, if, if she didn't have income from outside the home, um, if she didn't have income on her own and she's going to have maintenance or, um, alimony, whatever you want to call it, spousal support. Um, so there's so many things that are going to happen, man, but you need to be prepared for, you know, just a world of unknown. And quite honestly, it's a world of hurt. You're going to be lonelier than you've ever been before. Um, you know, you're going to deal with the the stages of grief. You're going to, I mean, things are just going to be out of your control. And, and at that point, man, it's just buckle your seatbelt, you know, buckle your seatbelt because the ride is on. And in most cases, it's not fun. And in most cases, in most cases, you know, most meaning 50.1% or more cases, you know, the guy ends up in a position where he never thought he would be. <laughs> and it is not fun for sure. So if there's a guy who's at this place when, excuse me, where he, he, uh, kind of, uh, assumes what's going to come or thinks he knows what's going to come. There's a good chance he has no idea what's There's coming. A great chance he has no idea what's coming because she, you know, if attorneys get involved, and oh, by the way, when attorneys get involved, the only ones that win are the attorneys. And I know some some family law attorneys very well that 
say that exact same thing that the kids don't win the 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 ex-wife and ex-husband don't win the family doesn't win nobody wins but the person that gets paid in the end which is going to be that that divorce lawyer and so you know it is not a win-win kind of situation but when those lawyers get involved man those those lawyers are to some degree you know they're working for you but they're also working to put food on their table um, you know, they're, they're you right. paying them by the hour. You, you're going to, you're going to call an attorney and the attorneys, you're going to, you know, the attorney's going to say, okay, let me hear this and that, but let me hear what, you know, they're going to ask you a couple questions and that kind of stuff. And then at minimum, at minimum, you can probably expect them to say, okay, I'm going to need $5,000 for a retainer. And then minimum, I mean, and it, again, depending on who you are and what the scenario is, you might get a, I need twenty five, fifty thousand dollars retainer, whatever, million dollar retainer, I don't know. But they're going to say, I need an X amount of money retainer, probably more money than you have in your wallet or your ashtray. And they're going to say, okay, give me that amount of money, and I'm going to bill however many hundreds of dollars an hour off of that. And that's every draft of everything they have to write up and type up and mail it and send it over and send it to the court and send it to the other side and go back and forward and all those kinds of things. Um, that, you know, they're going to bill hundreds of dollars an hour off of that. If you go to a mediator, you're going to have to pay the mediator probably several thousand dollars. Um, so you're not going to get out of this scot-free. You're not going to get out of this, uh, without some significant impacts to your life. Primarily for most guys, it's the financial impact. And this, then, then guys will realize, man, I'm only going to see my kids X amount of time. I was going to ask then, so what might a guy be able to expect emotionally. Yeah. <clears throat> tremendous loneliness and tremendous pain and guilt and shame. And you better believe probably everybody's going to hear why this marriage ended. And at that point, her loyalty is no longer to you or to the family. As far as keeping that front up, she's probably going to, you know, be more than more than open to tell people, you know, about your porn problem whoever you are and, you know, and whatever that looks like. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's on, it's public. He can expect to feel the shame, more shame than he feels from being hooked on porn. Cause it's like, man, you were willing to flush your whole life down the drain for porn. And that's why I, I like to say it's, you know, porn is free to consume, but it always costs you something. It always costs you something right. in the end. There's a, there's a price to be paid there's just not a credit card number that you hand over in the beginning. But trust me on that. You will pay a price at some point in the future. And that price is normally more than what you would like. <laughs> and that price is probably going to be for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, I was, what you said a second ago, I hadn't thought of in terms of if you're trying to keep your porn consumption secret and she, she has no obligation maybe to keep that secret anymore, I suppose, uh, that could be something to be considered as well. Uh, we're, we're kind of saying this, I want to remind you of this once or twice. And I'm sure Kirk is too, but uh, you know, we're saying this, we want you to avoid this guys. We don't want you to go through this. Um, and so the, the point of the question, the point of the topic is to help you see if this happens, this is kind of what's next. This there's every situation is different. Unfortunately, Kirk's got some experience to speak to in this, and that's why I believe he, um, you know, he can offer some insight here just because he's been through it. And so I would say, I'm making a, I don't want to speak for you, Kirk, but I would kind of think that you'd say, um, now I've lost my train of thought. What I went through, you don't want to go through. Oh, clearly. <laughs> I, I okay. promise you, it ain't nothing fun. I promise you, 
man, it is a gauntlet. And I promise you, man, it will wreck your world. It will change everything. I mean, going through that process, man, it ain't pretty at all. And again, my second divorce, I mean, we didn't use any lawyers. My second divorce, we didn't, I mean, we did all the paperwork ourselves. We really didn't argue about much of anything. Um, when we went to the actual court court hearing to actually finalize the divorce, we both sat at the same table on the same side of the courtroom. You know, we didn't have, you know, any drama. When we walked out of the court, we walked out of the courtroom together talking, you know, when I, by the time I got back to my car, she had sent me a long email about, you know, just, it was unfortunate that the marriage ended and hopefully we can be great co-parents, all that kind of stuff. So the animosity factor wasn't there. But when I walked out of that courtroom, I was devastated yet again. It was still a sense of failure. It was still a sense of pain. It's still a sense of isolation. And I came right back to this space. I sat right at that table and I spent hours, hours, hours that day just sitting in silence and, and listening to music, listening to whatever. I mean, it was extremely painful for that to happen. Guys think, oh, man, when it's over, whew, I get to party, I get to whatever. Yeah, okay. You know, you know, try going to party with half of your money. <laughs> right. You know, try going, you know, with half of your stuff. You know, all of a sudden you back to college days where you live in a milk crates and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, your your house ain't, you know, ain't, ain't it's not decorated like it used to be and just whatever. I mean, it's. You know, it's it's very difficult to move on. And oh, by the way, when you get out here in the single world, you realize that most women have been through what your ex-wife just went through. <laughs> and when you show up, <clears throat> when you show up with your story, the first thing that's going to happen with them is it's going to trigger them to, well, man, he's basically a type and shadow of my ex-husband. So you, you're not going to get away scot-free. I'm telling you all not what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. And I'm telling you, man, when you get out here in the single world, man, you know, <laughs> yeah trust me man it, you know if you can make it work make it work because you do not want to hit that reset button man it is not what you think it is it's not there's not nothing nice man it's nothing to play with there's so many factors that are just the reality of it all man and and um and if you can save it ahead of time um then 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 so be it but you don't want to go there absolutely is what i know for a fact so Again, we're trying to prevent this for you guys. We don't want you to get uh, to this point. We don't want you to have to uh, have that conversation with your kids. Um, and we don't want you to have to face this unknown reality. Um, these, this, is a, this is a strange kind of wisdom, I guess, if you will, because Kirk is offering this experiential-based wisdom mm-hmm. on an based on an experience he wishes he never had. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately it, it can speak into, you know, what not to do for, for guys out there. So that is the big point of what we're, what we're here about today. And what we want to kind of get across is that if you're on that, if you feel like you're on that path, you need to do everything possible mm-hmm. in your control to not be on that path. Is there a, you know, what would you say to a guy who's, I don't know if, um, where does the communication come in in terms of like communication and pride, communication and humility, communication and trying to, um, come across as a guy who wants to change or will change, you know, is there any factor there that, cause I can imagine that guys are like, but you don't understand my situation. You don't understand this person I'm with. You don't understand, you know, my history and our history, you know, I, yeah, uh, I do understand as a matter of fact. <laughs> 
Um, you know, every situation is a little bit different. Right. I can't say that I've, you know, had the exact same conversations. I can't say that I've been married to your wife or ex-wife, but you know, the more I do this and the more I have these conversations with men and women over and over and over again, it's the same daggone story over and over and over again. Everybody thinks theirs is unique. Everybody thinks theirs is different. I'm telling you, it's the same story over and over and over again. Everybody thinks they're on an island. If that was the case, it'd be the most populated island on the planet, and it would have twice the population of Australia. I mean, it, it's, I'm not speculating. This is stuff that I hear these stories over and over again. And I mean, I, I hear stories from women that are in the throes of trying to save it. They're trying to do whatever they can to stick with him. And, you know, sometimes I get envious and jealous. I'm like, man, you know, just the other day it really hit me. I was like, man, I see women that are completely committed and like dedicated to guys that have had you know, years and years of years of lying and, and deceit and all this other kind of stuff. But they are like passionately trying to hold on to this guy. And, and I get kind of the other day, I got kind of jealous because I was like, man, but then there's so many women that then on the backside of that, once they go through that and it still doesn't work and they get to the point of, of giving birth to that thing. It's hard for them to get that back in the future, even with a new guy, the commitment. Yeah. The, the sense of commitment, the sense of, you know, I was about to say latching on, but that has a negative connotation. Kind of the sense of connection, the sense of being in a committed relationship and like hanging on to this guy. You know, when good guy shows up in the future, they still see him as a type and shadow of the last guy. And so, I mean, it's, you know, when I see like these stories over and over again, I got to the point now where as soon as they begin, I finish their stories. And I, it's happened so many times now. It's it's not fun, but it's it's kind of I've gotten to the point where there's a predictability. I can talk, I can talk, especially women that are in the in the midst of that pain. I can talk them into tears because they think nobody understands and they think nobody knows their story or their pain. And I, I've had, I mean, I've probably had this happen at least a half a dozen, if not more, times in the past couple few months. Where, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll reach out and they, they're telling this story. And then I'll just kind of, I mean, I don't cut them off like rude, but I'll just kind of begin to finish their thoughts and I'll tell them what is happening in their life. And they're, they just break down. They just break down because they like, how did you know? It's the same story over and over and over again. And so, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, but a lot of people can say, well, you don't know my wife or you don't know it. I bet you I do. I bet you I can, I bet you I can tell you what she's, you know, what she's saying, what she's thinking. I bet you I can tell you a lot about what's happening in the context of your, of your marriage and your household and all that kind of stuff, man. And I'm telling you that this second divorce, man, I'll never forget that moment that I sat down. And if my kids were here right now, that moment that I sat down at the, at the kitchen table, we all four of us sat at the table. And that moment I had to look at them in the face and say, mommy and daddy aren't going to be living together anymore. We're not going to be together anymore. And to watch their whole worlds come crumbling down. And that's the other part of the thing that that happens with this process. When it's over, somebody's got to tell the kids. Right. Yeah. And I, I bet you that your wife, soon to be ex-wife, is not going to be the one that she's not going to want to tell them. She's going to say, you tell them. This is your doing. You tell them. <clears throat> And then to watch their worlds crumble down, everything they've ever known as far as stability, to watch it just dissipate 
like all the Avengers when he snapped his fingers and they all went to dust. Ah, uh, hey, don't give that away. That was two movies ago, man. That was that was Infinity War. <laughs> um, but I mean, to watch their worlds just kind of crumble like that, man, you'll never forget that. Let me, uh, let me. You've got a gift of speaking, and I've got a gift of painting a picture. I say that just guys. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. Close your eyes for a minute and just listen with me, okay? If you have one one child, a son or a daughter, whether you have more than one, picture all of their faces, okay? Have you pictured their faces? Have you pictured their faces? Now picture their faces as you're sitting at your table, your table that you know, okay? And imagine this conversation, what Kirk just said. Mom and dad, your parents are no longer going to be living together. No matter what age they're at, they, they will understand some of it, depending on their age, of course, but they will not understand what it means that their life will never be the same from that day forward. They will be able to look back on that day for one reason or another or somehow, but just what will that feel like to you? Um, you just got to try to feel that moment. I don't want you to feel that moment. Kirk doesn't want you to feel that moment, but we're asking you to go into that moment and, and, and really try to feel it and put yourself in that emotional place of you being the dad. If you can even step into your kid's shoes and try to understand that perspective. You know what? There's a chance and I could, I have no idea what the statistics would be, but there's a chance you had that experience when you were younger. And so you do know what it feels like and you don't want your kids to go through it. Um, my own story is I did not know any time when my parents were together, so I can't even speak to it as a, as a, a child of divorce. So I'm just asking you to use your imagination right now and just picture your surroundings, picture the sounds, the, the sights, and picture the moment that it might come, which we don't want it to. What I'm trying to get you to do is to feel it before it happens so that it's you know, bad enough that you really do make an effort. There's enough pain involved in that moment where you will make an effort to turn the corner, pivot, and not let it happen. Work with your, your wife. Obviously, you can't control her. Uh, we can't control that person. If, if, that, if that process has given birth and that mind is already made up, well, then there are pieces of this where then you can't control. And so there's a few different guys I'm talking to and that we're talking to today. Someone who we hope it is a, hasn't happened yet and you can prevent it. There's also the guys that, you know, it is about to happen or it already has happened. How can we help you with that? Well, how can we help you find your freedom, maintain your freedom and do whatever you can to keep your freedom to be the man that you should be for your kids, at least if you have kids. So, um, is there any, anything else, any, anywhere else you'd like to go? I mean, we've talked about the, 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 uh, the feeling of that moment. She's asked for a divorce, you know, how does that sit uh, with a guy? Um, your experience a little bit here, Kirk, as well. And, um, you know, we are really, truly trying to prevent that, trying to prevent that from happening. So, yeah, again, I mean, the shame and guilt that I'm talking a different level of shame and guilt where <clears throat> when you talked about the kids, yeah, you got to understand that you're telling the kids this home that you've had, is not going to be the same anymore. Maybe even it won't be your right. home anymore. You know, and, and look up the statistics of, of kids that, you know, that, that grew up in a broken home or, or kids that grew up in, you know, a home without without dad being present. Look up the statistics, man. It's not it's not pretty at all. And and it does become a generational curse over and over again. And 
And so it, it just becomes real, man. It just becomes something that, that, um, it just, it just gets real. And so absolutely. Now I need to make a point though. This is my opinion. Saving your marriage is not good enough of a reason to stop looking at porn. You've got to want it for yourself. Exactly. You've got to want it for yourself. Now we're trying to give you compelling reasons to want it for yourself. But when guy comes to me in relationship crisis, just because his girlfriend or his wife says it's over and now he has to take action. That guy is, 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 is short lived. That guy is in a microwave panic kind of mode. And he's, he's just trying to do anything to please her and to appease her and to get her to stay. That is not enough of a reason I mean, that's not going to propel you past what it's going to take to get free because the first time she has a bad day or the first time she, you know, if she says, I don't care, it's over anyway, then that guy doesn't call me anymore. <clears throat> when it's dependent on her, when it is dependent on somebody else, when it, it's not his reason, his motivation, why it just doesn't last. And so you've got to want it for yourself first. And by the way, she doesn't want you to do it just for her. Matter if you, I mean, ask her if you don't believe me. She doesn't want you to do it just for her because she even knows that that's short lived. She wants you to do it for you. She wants you to get free regardless of her. And so you have to want it for yourself first and foremost in order for it to be possible. But the whole notion of I'm going to do this just to save my marriage or to save my relationship, I'm telling you, man, she don't even want that. She would rather you just say, you know what, never mind, goodbye. You know, I'm going to keep my habit. She would rather that. She doesn't want you to just, you know, to just put on a front because at some point you're going to find another way to lie, another way to cover it up. I had a guy use my name basically in vain almost. I want to say he we had a conversation. He came to class once. He wanted to just, quote unquote, sit in on class just to get a feel of what a class is like. So he came in and he sat in on a class and um, never heard from him, never came back. I bumped into him and his wife at a church here in town. His wife was like, man, ever since he's been working with you, things have changed. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? I looked at dude. I was like, I mean, I didn't call him out because, you know, time and place kind of thing. But I just looked at him, man. And I was like, you know, really? Oh, well, that's good. You know, but <clears throat> I'm telling you, man, when God does it just to, please his wife or to appease her or to shut her up. I mean, he'll lie to do that as well. And she knows that. And so, I mean, man, you know, and, and this guy was apparently saying, Oh, I'm better now. I'm better now. I'm better now. Cause I, you know, I went to curse class, you know, and I, I've been working with, you know, so yeah, that's a prime example of why that doesn't work, but you got to want it for yourself. And then when you get free, she'll get free. And then you have the power of two being free Absolutely. in a marriage. Absolutely. That's huge. Uh, you, you guys must want this for yourself first, and that's what we're all about yeah. here is you having it first for yourself. So yeah. um, that's good. Um, anything else? She's asked for a divorce. What's next? <clears throat> Man, I'm telling you. What's next? <laughs> in, the military, we have, in the military, we used to have this term, bohica. I'll, I'll let you Google that and figure it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but in the military, we used to have this term called bohica. Um, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Google it. You'll figure it out for yourself. Okay. Um, but it, you know, stand by to stand by on the ship. We say stand by for heavy rolls. I mean, it's, 
is about to get real and everything mm. you know is about to change and yeah. you ain't going to get out. You ain't going to get out of it scot-free. I can trust you that. And there's many men that, you know, very successful men. I mean, I know, you know, guys that, you know, great business owners and they've built, you know, built the empire and all that kind of stuff. Do you know that, <laughs> do you know that Jeff Bezos's ex-wife instantly became like one of the richest women in the world yep. <laughs> after the divorce? Yep. I mean, instantly she jumped straight to the top of like the four most richest women in the world just because she got a divorce from that dude. Yep. I mean, you know, and I, yeah, it might have been $60 billion that they split, whatever it was. You know, I guarantee that 30 billion hurt him. You know, I mean, I, I guarantee he looked at that and like, ooh, ouch. But you ain't going to get out of it alive, man. And especially, you know, if you're successful and all those kinds of things, man, I'm telling you, you know, it ain't going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty at all. I don't know. Right now, it still says, as of, I just looked it up, he's still worth $161 billion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, know where that is. He hasn't been. written that check yet. <laughs> I guess not. That check ain't cleared. But that way, that, that check has not cleared the bank yet. Oh, man. I'm telling you, man. Uh, yeah, probably not. But yeah, instantly, she became one of the richest women in the world. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, they're the, the, you know, from what I understand anyway, allegedly the, um, you know, the, the, the scenario of the, or the details of their split up was another woman coming into the picture, maybe even another man too for the, for the wife. But either way it had to do with, you know, another woman coming into the picture from what I understand, you know? Yeah. If you were to look at divorce statistics, not just from pornography, but what about the involvement of yeah. someone else? So seven out of 10 divorces involve somebody else. Okay. Seven out of ten divorces involve somebody. Another else. person. Six, so does that seven include the uh, IP mistress pornography? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, no, well, that's a totally separate statistic. Okay. Seven out of ten divorces involve another person, um, but then six out of ten involve pornography. And so to me, there's got to be overlap. I would because think because if there's pornography in your life, at some point it's going to come off the screen, and you're going to look to act out everything yeah. that you've been consuming on the screen with someone else. And so to me, they go hand in hand. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, how many guys are on dating websites that are married? Yeah. I mean, how many guys are on just hookup websites because they're married? I mean, you know, I, I met at a conference. I met this lady that has like a singles kind of meetup event company. One of the things they do on their contract is have you basically agree that you are single. Because <laughs> right. they, they've had so many people Ugh. that are not single trying to join their 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 uh their organization i mean when you got to put that in a in a contract like you promise you're single yeah oh man this problem yeah there is well guys we sure hope this has helped you kind of see what not to do but at the same time give you some hope and inspiration around things um so this is an important thing to remember and it's you know porn has been a part of your life that's why you're listening to this podcast but the, the divorce does not have to be so uh, we want you to find that truest uh, or find freedom in that truest sense. So what about to the guy that, that I'm sorry, I know you're trying to wrap up here, but okay. I'm just, uh, so we, don't, we can record for infinity here. I for infinity disc here. space is not the a, guy, the guy that has been through divorce or the guy that is going through divorce and he feels like a turd. There is hope, you know, I mean, life that feeling that you have in the beginning is the worst that you'll feel. Over time, it does get better. Yeah, you'll have less, but you can get used to having less. Life is not completely over. You'll get through it. It's very chaotic. It's very painful. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of issues, shame, and all that kind of stuff. But 
you'll survive. You'll make it. You're not alone. You know, there's tens of millions of people. You know, every year in America, there are 900,000 divorces. Every year in America. That's 2,400 a day, seven days a week. 1,500 of those 2,400 involve porn. So you're not alone. There's a lot of people going through the exact same thing. So it's possible for us to come together, to support each other, and to move on and to be better. And if you if you can be better and even gain your freedom after divorce, then you know then then do it. Yeah. So don't go freaking out. Don't go off the deep end and making the news. Don't do nothing stupid <laughs> yeah, like that. No kidding. It'll be all right. Yep. And that's what part of what I'm about, what I am about as well with my uh, my work with coaching. That is menrestored.com. So I really want to help guys who have or are about to ruin their lives with pornography. So if that's you, go to my website and let's uh, talk and we'll see if we can um, get together and uh, make something work for you. With that, that is episode 38 of the Free Indeed podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.